Well, I don't know about you, but I've been hearing a, a phrase quite consistently over the last little while. It goes like this, I'm pro-immigration, but, and the but is followed up with uh, healthcare issues, transportation issues, financial issues, housing issues. People are concerned uh, with the amount of people we are inviting to Canada. Now, Canada has regularly welcomed over 200,000 immigrants per year since 1988. Now, in recent years, it's decided to increase its level to well over 400,000 people. Now, Canada's immigration rate now stands at nearly 1.2% of its yearly population. But if you really crunch the numbers, what that means is Canada welcomes three times more immigrants on a per capita basis than the United States. Uh, there's 465,000 uh, permanent residents coming to uh, to Canada in 2023, and four it'd be 485,000 in 2024, and then we hit 500,000 immigrants coming to Canada in 2025. Now, recently, Desjardins looked at the issue of immigration, and they asked a simple question: What's the right number of newcomers to welcome to Canada when it comes to the context to our economy, our aging population, our healthcare system? Joining me now to talk a little bit about this report that was released today is Randall Bartlett, Senior Director of Canadian Economics with Desjardins. Randall, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, is there a right number when it comes to newcomers you, we should welcome to Canada? I know it's a tough question and it's very difficult to pinpoint a number. Um, but when you looked, uh, when you were preparing this study, setting up this study, um, was there a number you were hoping to have it you, you would find or uh, get to? Or, or was this a broader conversation about uh, the parameters and issues that drive uh, how many uh, newcomers we want uh, to let in the country. Yeah, it's very much that broader conversation about what are the economic implications of immigration in Canada. And so, you know, we looked at the very short term and what uh, what you know immigration means for helping to address labor market shortages in Canada, um, as well as the implications for the housing market as we have a lot of new newcomers coming to the country. Uh, but then we also looked at you know the longer term implications. What does it mean for uh, as the Canadian population ages and uh, economic growth slows because of an aging population and uh, healthcare costs rise. How much immigration do we need to offset some of that aging impact? So we tried to break it down into both um, the, the short-term and long-term economic implications to get a sense of what are the considerations we should be thinking about as, uh, as Canadians as uh, we're uh, having a converse, broader conversation about immigration and the impact it's having on the economy. So let's focus on the short-term just for a second here. Uh, is our immigrants having a detrimental I impact uh, on Canada? And what I mean by that is on issues where, uh, you know, there's concerns over housing, transportation, uh, absorbing all these immigrants, so many of them at one time. Is that detrimental uh, to us in the short term? Well, I think there are a couple of considerations. I mean, we look at, we need to think about people coming to Canada, not just as uh, immigrants or permanent residents, which are actually a fairly small uh, portion of the newcomers that are coming to Canada right now. Um, about three quarters of the people coming to Canada in the last year were non-permanent residents. So that's people that are coming up either at the request of an employer to fill a short-term labor market need or they're foreign students. And so um, those non-permanent residents, which have been the bulk of the newcomers coming in lately, um, you know, they're coming to meet that short-term economic need. And we're still seeing that uh, there are labor shortages in Canada 
across the country and across industries. And so, um, so that would suggest that really we, we're still seeing these labor shortages and these folks have really just come to, to, to meet that, that, that short-term demand. Um, but they are putting a lot of pressure in the near term on things like housing and infrastructure. And that's because we can't build housing as quickly as we can bring people into the country. And so we're just not seeing the housing market respond uh, to the newcomers coming in. And part of that is the fact that interest rates are at the highest level they've been in two decades. Uh, inflation until recently was near at the highest level it had been in four decades. And uh, certainly that's you know fed into the cost of housing as well and then building housing. And we're still seeing that, you know, we, we're still seeing a shortage of skilled tradespeople across this country. And so really, you know, we're, we're seeing these two different economic effects that a lot of newcomers are coming to the country because of economic need and labor shortages, but also they're putting upward pressure on things like housing and infrastructure as we can't build it fast enough to accommodate them. Uh, this, uh, this need to invite uh, so many people to this country uh, because of the short-term considerations, I think most Canadians would understand that. But can this, should this be, can this be sustained, I guess is the, the question. I mean, uh, to have that many students, so I can just walk out of this building today and walk to my car and I can run into probably three or four sets of students either working or, or out uh, enjoying the day. Uh, this is short-term, is my thinking, because I, I can't see this country being able to sustain that many students um, for even five more years. Well, it's, it's a real challenge for a lot of post-secondary institutions in particular. And we've seen that, you know, Canada has the highest rate of post-secondary completion in, in the OECD or one of the highest in the OECD. Uh, we have a very well-educated young uh, pop- population. So our, our youth today are actually, and we've written extensively on this as well, mm-hmm. are among the best educated on the planet. Um, but these folks who are coming in, part of that, and I, I can tell you about Ontario, I don't know the specifics of, of British Columbia in this regard, but uh, often universities and other post-secondary institutions are, are struggling on the revenue side of things. And so they're looking to foreign students to help shore up revenue. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, foreign students have, have filled a big part of the gap in terms of the funding structure for post-secondary institutions. And so there is this bit of a trade-off where, yes, this is absolutely putting pressure on on uh, housing. And it's um, but these folks are also uh, helping to support post-secondary institutions, which Canadian-born uh, students are benefiting from. And they're also helping to fill some of the labor market gaps that we're seeing as well coming out of the pandemic. So it is, it is uh, a both-and kind of thing. It's not, uh, not either or. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much immigration do you think we need to offset that impact of aging? And we always talk about an aging population needing young people to, to pay for our health care system or pension system. Um, how much immigration do you think we need to offset uh, the impact of aging. Well, it, again, it's it's a, it's a nuanced question in the sense that uh, we would need the working age population using the sort of middle of the road projection from StatsCan. Uh, we'd need to have uh, working age population grow on average about 2.2 percent annually through 2040 to off to to keep the the share of people 65 and over um, relative to those. 15 to 64 stable. So that's your old age dependency ratio. To keep that fairly constant, you need an average uh, average of growth in the working age population about 2.2% a year. We're seeing that all of the growth in the working age population now is coming from immigration. And that's going to continue as boomers continue to leave the labor force. Uh, and there's not the, uh, there's not the uh, young population coming in to, to fill them fill that gap in the same numbers. And so we need immigration to, uh, to fill that void. Um, and so, but that again um, is a, is is quite a, a substantial number, and ultimately 
does have impacts on the housing market and again would continue to sort of erode, erode housing affordability in Canada. So it's a real challenge. How much, uh, how much future cost are we willing, additional future costs are we willing to bear as a result of aging as a population and how much of, and how much additional cost uh, in terms of uh, in terms of housing affordability, are we willing to bear? There is this bit of a trade-off unless we're able to build that much more housing and 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 really make that rapidly come online, mm-hmm. which has proven a challenge in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, are the are immigrants uh, helping to grow our GDP overall? I mean, is that usually we talk about you know continue to build the economy? Uh, the overall implications of immigration on Canada's potential GDP, are they a net positive? Yeah, immigrants, uh, according to our analysis, are a net positive for potential GDP growth. A big part of the reason is they tend to be young, so that's a big part of it. And so as people age, they tend to work less, and so they contribute less to overall economic activity. Uh, new immigrants who are coming in and newcomers to Canada generally are, tend to be younger, and so they work they work more, and that helps to contribute to overall GDP. Uh, the other thing is that depending on the class of immigrants um, or even non-permanent residents, uh, there are a lot of folks coming in who are highly skilled, highly educated, speak English and French, uh, English and or, or sorry or French, and are able to find jobs very quickly and actually start earning incomes very quickly that are actually above those of the uh, the average Canadian, and so. A lot, particularly the economic immigrant stream, stream has shown significant labor market success and that success just continues to improve with every passing year. And so, um, so certainly they are contributing positively to uh, potential GDP growth to the country and our analysis shows on a per capita basis as well, which is something that um, is going to help support uh, uh, sustained uh, higher living standards going forward. Mr. Bartlett, thank you so much for your time. It was a good read and uh, certainly a report that uh, taps into the zeitgeist of the moment. It's certainly the issue those of our major cities are talking about. So really thank you for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.